2: Hi, I'm Keegan and I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry, Angry Neighborhood, Neighborhood feminist. feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hey Keegan. Hey Madigan.
3: I have a question for you before we get into like the meat of the episode. Okay, shoot. What is your favorite or what are your favorite songs on the new Olivia Rodrigo album? <laughs>
2: I am going to be 100% honest with you. I have only heard like a couple of them. <gasps> so I don't really know. I know. I'm really behind the times. And I will say that part of it, it's not that I haven't been listening to music. I have been. And it's not that I don't think I will like her stuff because I know I will. Oh, yeah. But there, will. There's so much joking online about like being over 30 or being like you know a millennial and listening to olivia rodrigo but i'm, I'm like i don't know i'm, I'm hurt <laughs> i feel hard yeah
3: i i'm fully i'm gonna lean into that hardcore like i am full on a millennial obsessed with Olivia Rodrigo's music. Well, look, I think she is good, fantastic. if it's good, it's good.
2: If music is good, it's good. And it has no age, really. It doesn't. You know?
3: And it brings back, so my favorites, I've been listening to, like, the three ragey songs, which are Brutal, Jealousy, Jealousy, and Good For You. Uh, oh. And it's that, like, super, like, almost Paramore-like music of hers that I really am into because it brings me back to, like, being a super, like, rageful teen.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm just loving all of the tweets and the memes i think i sent you one where it was like olivia rodrigo's album sour is proof that you should never hurt a pisces feelings yeah i was like that's so true because it's like we will write about you either in our journals or we will make hit records and they will not be flattering. Yeah. Okay.
3: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I had to ask though because I am I'm so in love with it right now. And I think a lot of our listeners probably are too. So I'm trying to be cool and hip with our Gen Z listeners.
2: You know what I'm saying? I am going to (laughs) listen to it. I am gonna listen to it. You know, I was almost up to listen to it. And then I saw somebody posted a meme that was like, Someone trying to search for Olivia Rodrigo on Spotify, and a a pop up popped up that was just like thirty plus. Might we suggest? And it was like Phoebe Bridgers, Fiona Apple. It was like, oh my god, that's so funny.
3: And you're like, oh, maybe I won't listen right now. No, No, I will though. Listen and listen and let your teenage heart come forth.
2: That's how I feel when I'm listening to Driver's License for real. Like yeah. we were we were driving around, and I was doing I was doing that whole thing where I was just like,
3: "You didn't mean what you. you wrote in the song about me." Um, I was telling my friend Lauren that it's almost like I feel like her album is helping millennials process their past trauma, like their sure. past heartbreaks, their past stuff because it's so true. I don't know. I've been loving it. All my friends have been like, "Oh my gosh, this song reminds me of when I was like." 16 and my boyfriend kissed someone else and this well, and that that's exactly and it's like, right that yeah. stuff doesn't
2: ever go away it doesn't really matter how old you get like you can hear a song like that um or absorb a piece of art that can take you right back to what you were feeling at that moment and totally. everyone has experienced feelings like that that's why that stuff is so universal you yeah. know
3: yeah, it's so much fun. That's why I just had to start the episode with asking you about that. I was curious.
2: I, I am know. I I'm need very to do it. curious
3: to know what your favorites are once you've like sat down and listened to all of it.
2: Okay. I will listen to it and then I will update you and the listeners on all of my favorites.
3: Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. All right. Um, okay, so this week I wanted to bring up the fact that it was the one year anniversary of George Floyd's murder. Uh, So on May 25th, which was the date of the anniversary, relatives of George Floyd met with President Biden and Vice President Harris. And their meeting came as Congress missed Biden's May 25th deadline for passing a bill that would overhaul policing in the country. So Biden wanted Congress to have made the decision on this bill by the anniversary of George Floyd's murder and negotiations between the House and the Senate um, weren't finished. The House passed this bill back in March, um, but they're still trying to make negotiations with the Senate. So a lot of what the Floyd family was talking about with Biden and Harris was about this George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Biden told reporters that he had quote spoken with negotiators and I'm hopeful that sometime after Memorial Day we'll have an agreement on the George Floyd legislation. The family met later that day with South Carolina Republican Senators Tim Scott and Lindsey Graham. Ugh,
2: gross. Both of them are gross. Tim Scott's also trash.
3: Yeah, they're both just not great. And so um, the attorney, Ben Crump, who is like a legendary civil rights attorney, he is the attorney for the Floyd family. uh, So he was there with them during these negotiations and such. And Crump said that the negotiations seemed to be making progress. And one of the biggest things that is being focused on right now is Qualified immunity, which we've talked about before, which essentially means that um, cops themselves cannot be blamed for what happens if, right? If there's an incident, if there's a murder, mm-hmm. things like that. So that's one of the biggest things that this bill is wanting to change. And Tim Scott told reporters that he wanted to work out a compromise to shift liability from the police officers to the departments. And there are some Democrats that are okay with that, that are willing to kind of give on a bit of qualified immunity if it means that other things can be changed, such as whip Jim Clyburn, which is uh, he is the highest ranking black lawmaker. Said that he would be willing to forego an end to qualified immunity for law enforcement in order to secure broader police reforms. But however, House progressives are maintaining that ending qualified immunity is a priority, stopping just short of a threat to withhold their votes if it remains untouched. So I mean, that's a I- major issue at the moment.
2: I agree. I think that qualified immunity does need to be revoked. I don't understand why it's still a thing that exists, yeah. really. Um, I guess I would need to take a look at what Tim Cook is proposing because he's I
3: can pro- He's proposing that instead of it being on the individual officer themselves, it would be on the department. The department right. would be in trouble, not the specific officer involved. Right. I mean,
2: I guess... I guess I would need to see what the specifics of that were, though, because I do understand. um, I understand in theory how it could work, because in theory, if the departments are going to be responsible for the acts of individual officers, then that would motivate them to make better hiring choices that would encourage them to have stricter training guidelines and regulations for their officers in theory, because they don't want it coming back on them, especially if it's going to cost the department money uh, or whatnot. Which for me is,
3: yeah, that's why I think to both of us, ending qualified immunity makes sense because it would take care of a lot of other problems as well, or at least it would facilitate in helping other problems, I feel.
2: Right. I, I guess what I'm saying, though, is that, I want to take a look at what he is proposing, because in theory, I guess I could see how if we're going to start punishing departments, that should trickle down to officers. That's how it should work. Right. But I don't know if I have enough faith in the system to think that it will work that way. So it seems like the most logical step would be to just end qualified immunity.
3: Yeah. And to me, you know, if I'm thinking about a court case, I feel like taking an entire department to court versus the perpetrator, and I don't, I mean, I could be completely wrong right now, but if I'm thinking of it in that sense, as far as, like, if there was a trial, I feel like it would be much more difficult to go up against, like, a department rather than a person,
2: you know what I mean? Yes, so that's kind of what I mean, is, like, I don't understand the details of this well enough, but to me, it feels like there's going to be a lot of um, red tape, between you and actually getting any justice because you're Mm -hmm. going up against an entity and it's a government entity. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like you're going to have to go through all of these different... You're going to have to jump through a lot more hoops to get justice, I feel like, if you're going through the department rather than the a
3: Because it's more of a systemic thing rather than an individual thing. You're going up against like a whole... I don't know what other word to use besides department. You're going up against a whole system rather than going up against the person that actually committed the
2: crime. Right, and I mean, and also like we know that this system, it wants to be upheld. It wants to uphold itself. It doesn't want to fall to pieces. So it's going to do what it needs to do to keep itself alive. You know what I mean? And so I don't necessarily trust the system to police itself.
3: Yes, exactly. I mean, one thing that does... That came out from, you know, discussing the Floyd relatives being with Biden and Harris. It does sound like Joe Biden was really saying, look, I don't want to sign something unless you guys feel it's enough, unless you all feel like this is going to be the right change and things like this. I don't want to sign the wrong bill and all of that kind of stuff, which I think is really great. After the meeting, Biden released a statement about the family's profound loss and called for action from Congress to get the bill to his desk quickly. And Kamala Harris echoed Biden's message by stating, Mr. Floyd should still be alive today. Congress must move swiftly. And George's brother, Philanese, who became kind of a more of a name during the Derek Chauvin trial. So we've heard Mm -hmm. from him a lot. Um, Phil he's really said it perfectly, in my opinion. He says, if you can make federal laws to protect the bird, which is the bald eagle, you can make federal laws to protect people of color.
2: That's right. Yeah, absolutely. As as
3: simply as that. And then after the meeting, the family went out to the White House lawn and they raised their fists. And George's seven-year-old daughter, Gianna, screamed, say his name, as the family chanted George Floyd. Oh, I know. It's pretty beautiful. The photos of Gianna going to the White House and sitting with Biden, it really is a is it? They're special photos. It's a special thing to see. And I hope that they feel like they got what they wanted out of that visit with them.
2: Yeah, I do too. I mean, I have very little hope or faith in the system as it exists. So I'm glad that there are changes hopefully being made to the system. But I don't know. I'm going to need to see it to believe it, I think. I I really don't feel it yet. Like, I don't feel hopeful yet. I mean I them.
3: think that you should feel somewhat hopeful because it has passed in the house so it's just negotiations with the Senate right now so guess there, you know, we always talk about, you know, want, not wanting to have too much hope because, especially right now when they're talking about qualified immunity, that's, I think, something that's very important to both of us. Where if that isn't part of it, we would be really, really let down. But it does seem that, you know, Ben Crump and a lot of other people are kind of like cautiously optimistic about the whole thing, especially because it has passed in the House and the fact that Biden really was reassuring them that he wanted to make sure that if he signed, This thing that's in George Floyd's name, that it's going to be something that's going to make change. It's not just going to be something that's going to pacify people. But I think that they really are working an uphill battle right now, because they're working against a Republican Senate, who, you know, they say is being good with negotiations, from what I've read, but we know what they want to get out of something like this, and they don't want to lose the the power that they've had before
2: well you know? and they certainly also don't want to lose their base and they want to be able to point to this and say well we fought as hard as we could for exactly. our boys in blue you know what i mean like they're gonna want to be able to say that they did that because so much of the conservative base is pro-police Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting and i guess for me it's not so much a concern over whether or not this will pass that is kind of fueling my skepticism Mm -hmm. in general it's more of the fact that the rules only work with people who play by the rules you know and like i i'm not convinced that changing the laws are going to change the underlying issues with policing in america right and um I, there will always be loopholes for departments that want to find loopholes, right? Definitely. Who want to protect their their people, you know?
3: Yeah, and I mean, that's why, you know, we see a lot about abolishing the police. And it isn't so much about saying, you know, we don't want any sort of law enforcement, but there is a belief that we kind of need to break it all apart and rebuild it. So I understand where you're coming from, where if it's just new laws that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's going to follow it. They're still in the same system and right, they like they've been that. It hasn't been changed drastically enough right. to truly make a change. I understand that. Yeah,
2: they've been finding ways to get around laws forever when right. it comes to protecting their own. You know, so it makes me... I guess I'm just, I'm very cynical about this entire thing at this point. As we should be. I think it's good to be I need to see the change. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But But, at least we're having this conversation on a larger scale. It's more visible. You know, that stuff is important. And um, so I don't want to diminish that in any way at all.
3: And we should be getting more answers about all of this. Biden is saying hopefully shortly after Memorial Day, which is this coming Monday. So maybe next week there will be more news of negotiations and other things changing, because it seems like there really is uh, pressure from President Biden to get this moving as quickly as possible with negotiations, but also moving in the right direction and not just signing something so it's done, which I appreciate.
2: Yeah, yeah, same. (sighs) Okay, well, uh, it seems like it's just update of last May day on this podcast, because I am going to talk about uh, Amy Cooper today. (laughs) <laughs> oh God!
3: Yes, I I sent you a message. Was that today that I sent you?
2: No, it was a couple days ago. It had come up on um, now this news or something yeah, like that on yeah. Instagram.
3: So re- remind our viewers who Amy Cooper is. Yes,
2: yes. So Amy Cooper is. This happened the same weekend as the George Floyd murder. It was yep. Memorial Day weekend, so it has been a year. Um, Amy Cooper. Is a white New York woman who called the police on a bird watcher, Chris Christian Cooper, um, unrelated. Yes, unrelated. <laughs> in Central Park last Memorial Day. So the video went viral because she's clearly acting hysterical. She's, oh, she's not in any danger. Christian Cooper is. She's acting like
3: belligerent. Like she's right. just hysterical. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, I mean, it was such a perfect, like white women using their white womanhood. To victimize themselves and potentially get someone killed because yeah. she's on the phone. She's hysterical. She's saying she's being threatened by this African American man in the park and people need to come quickly and you have the video, right, where Christian Cooper is very calm. He's yeah. not advancing on her in any way um, a- and people rightly went off. I mean, mm-hmm. I would say like sh- she was one of the most hated people in the country. For- she
3: went off. Viral. Viral. So I'm Mm -hmm. sure us mentioning this situation, you're immediately like, oh, yeah, I remember this bitch. Totally. Yes.
2: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) she also almost strangled her dog, which was another thing where people were like, um, ma'am. So ma'am, get a hold of your goddamn self. Yes. I mean, honestly, what happened to her, her life was turned upside down. But as it should have been, like she could have gotten someone killed because they rightfully told her that she needed to have her dog on a leash. Exactly. There were they were in an area of the park where dogs needed to be on leashes. Yeah. So I'm like... Okay. Anyway, she is suing the company that fired her over the incident. So like I said... Not only was she hated online, she also got her dog taken away because what the fuck? The way that she was holding on to that dog. She had gone through like all of these, jumped through all of these hoops to get this special dog from this special uh, like shelter. Like breeder not a shelter. Something. It's not a breeder, but it's a, um, what am I trying to say? The specialized shelters for certain breeds? Oh, yeah. Like if you're looking like a for a rescue? Right. Right. So she had gone through all these hoops to get this particular breed from this rescue, you know, right. and like they'd done the vetting process. And then when they saw how she was treating the dog in that video, they took the dog away. Of course. And then in addition to that, she also was let go from her job. So her job was at Franklin Templeton, and of course, as soon as this happened, there was a barrage of emails and messages to them, letting them know, like, do you really want this person representing your business? Right. And so they put out a statement the day after the incident and said, we do not tolerate racism of any kind at Franklin Templeton, um, and said that it had completed an internal review and decided to terminate Amy Cooper effective immediately. And what so Amy,
3: is, sorry, really quick, what is Franklin Templeton? It sounds like a law firm or something.
2: I believe it's an investment firm. Okay. I'm not 100% sure on that. Don't quote me. But I I think it's an investment firm. Okay.
3: I was just curious what kind of work she did.
2: Mm-hmm, I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. Okay. But She filed, Amy Cooper filed a federal lawsuit this week against Franklin Templeton, saying that the company never investigated the incident that led to her firing um, and claims that her employer discriminated against her because of her race and gender. No, it's not your race, you idiot. It's because you're a racist. Well, she says... In her lawsuit, that she did not call the police because she was racist, but quote, because she was alone in the park and frightened to death after being selected as the next target of Christian Cooper, an overzealous <gasps> bird watcher engaged in Central Park's ongoing feud between bird watchers and dog owners. Okay. Can you okay. believe it? No,
3: I can't. Okay, and first of all, I've seen the video. This was the middle of the afternoon. This was, I would say, sometime between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. I am not terrified in a park in the middle of the day. Even if someone speaks to me and startles me, I'm not going to go off on a personal attack on this person and call the police and do what that person did. It doesn't make any
2: sense. We talked about this at the time, and the truth is, as a woman, I understand whenever you are in an isolated area of the park, maybe, and it's just you and, like, a man who's double your size, totally. I understand the inclination to be nervous about that situation. Or As to women, be
3: startled. Right. You yeah, know, we by have someone been... saying something to you, because that happens to me a lot. Like, if I'm out mm-hmm. and I'm not expecting someone to talk to me, and, and somebody mentions or, like, calls out to me or something, like, that will startle me, and I totally understand that. But... As women, I think that we also know that there are a lot of, like when I'm in that situation, I usually call Max or my mom or a friend or someone that I can have on the phone with me just to feel a little bit... More protected. I don't call the police or
2: leave because she engaged him in an altercation. Exactly, right? where it's not like whereas, she was walking
3: away and he was hollering after her. Where she could right, have just if she kept had going. taken
2: her dog and left, it wouldn't have escalated to that point. You know what I mean? And it didn't even when I say escalated to that point, I mean her calling the cops because he exactly. wasn't doing anything to her. Like no. that's the thing. And so for her also to use language like next target when talking about yeah, Christian. She,
3: but what does she mean by next target? Is there, was she, who was the first target? I just don't understand.
2: She's, she's indicating that there have been other incidents with him. And then, you know, that's very specific to him. But then in the next part of the sentence, she says Central Park's ongoing feud between bird watchers and dog owners. So that's very broad. Right. And also, makes, yeah. Once again, you were in the wrong part of the park. Like, you were in the wrong in this situation. Right. So if there is an ongoing feud between bird watchers and dog owners, well, you're a dog owner with your dog off leash in a bird watching area of the park where that isn't allowed. So you are fueling that feud by breaking the rules. You know, so anyway, I just was infuriated by the way that she put that because it makes, again, it makes... Christian Cooper sounds like this scary like assailant. Yeah, yeah. you like, know what like I mean. He's which wasn't terrorizing the case at Women
3: all. in the park and their dogs, which isn't the case at all.
2: Right. I mean, and in fact, while she is sitting here doubling down, like yeah. it's like, did you not get enough backlash uh-huh. last year? You're doubling down on what you did before. You're not showing any remorse or nope. growth or change. Yep. On the other hand, Christian Cooper had come out and said previous to this, I think previous to this lawsuit, had come out and said, you know, what she did was wrong and scary for me and undoubtedly racist, but I don't think it defines all of who she is as a person. Like, he was giving her he, so much benefit of the doubt. He
3: was giving her room for growth, too, mm-hmm. and she didn't do any of that. Yeah, I just know when I when I saw her stupid face show up on my phone and I sent that to you. I was like, I don't want to see her face ever again. I don't want to see her on my phone. Why is she on my phone again? It's
2: just so infuriating. I know, because I mean, that, I feel like, That image was so kind of like ingrained in us, that picture of her with her mask pulled down underneath her chin, holding her dog and like
3: looking angry. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. And I will never forget the way she sounded on the phone was so like dramatic because she very clearly was trying to make the person on the other end of the phone think that she was in like mortal danger, yeah. It's like oh,
3: oh my gosh, please help, yes. please help. Yes. It's like if you've ever listened to any true crime podcast where they play the nine one one calls. Like if you've ever heard, oh, you know what it reminds me of is Michael Peterson's nine one one call after Kathleen fell down the stairs. Oh yeah, Where he's making that oh oh, oh, oh sound the and whole listen. time. Where no, and and that incites a reaction, and that's why people do it because if you're making a call like that, you are. You know it's recorded. You're automatically implying that the situation is dire and they're going to
2: take you seriously. Right. I mean, and it was further illustrated because when she was speaking to Christian Cooper, it sounded different than when she was on the phone. Like, it was very clear to me that she was like, I am going to find a way to get you in trouble, get you arrested. She. Okay, anyway, we've said all of that before. She she is seeking back pay and bonus, loss of unvested funds and other benefits, front pay or reinstatements, emotional distress damages, attorney's fees and costs, and interest and punitive damages in the amount to be determined at trial. She's not going to
3: get this. There's no (laughs) way she's going to get any of that. It makes no sense.
2: I don't think Franklin Templeton thinks so either. They don't seem bothered, really. So they've maintained maintained that the company did the right thing in firing Cooper. And they said, quote, we believe the circumstances of the situation speak for themselves and that the company responded appropriately. We will defend against these baseless claims. So she had also faced a misdemeanor charge of falsely reporting an incident to police. And I did not know this update that's going to upset you Uh Um, because I remember when we heard that we were like, yes, she should have been charged with filing a false police report. This is some bullshit. Yeah. Um, The Manhattan District Attorney's Office dropped the charge after she completed restorative justice sessions, which obviously didn't work. It didn't work. So that should
3: be reopened. Oh, goodness. Well, I hope she gets nothing that she's asking for.
2: Agree. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, agree. Agree,
3: agree.
2: <laughs> so in other lawsuit news, Kim Kardashian West is being sued by her staff.
3: Okay, so I'm so glad you're bringing this up because this was actually something that I was going to go on a rant about because I've been there.
2: Go on. <laughs> r- right, yeah. And so I don't want to linger too long on this. However, I did want to bring it up really quickly that she is being uh, that she has seven workers accusing her of wage theft, retaliation, and more. The complaint uh, alleges that cleaning and maintenance workers at her Santa Monica Mountains home weren't paid for all of the hours they worked and didn't get overtime pay and that they weren't required they weren't given required meal and rest breaks and didn't get any pay stubs or documents related to employment. Uh, it also alleges violations of child labor laws and that an individual was fired for complaining about the unlawful working conditions. So Kim alleges that the workers were hired by a third-party vendor and she was not privy to the agreement that was made between the vendor and their workers. Therefore, she is not responsible for how the vendor manages their business. This feels really shitty to me. These people were working in your house.
3: Yeah, but that's the thing, is that even if you say that you had someone else take care of it, They are still your employees and you need to know what's going on with them. Like that's your responsibility to know whether or not they're being paid or treated well or getting their breaks. And if you find out that they're not, it's your responsibility to then
2: step in and do something about it. Absolutely. As someone who has worked as a third party contractor for most of my adult life, I can tell you that this happens in businesses all the time. All too often, businesses use third party vendors um, such as this as a means to escape all kinds of responsibilities to their employees. And it Sucks what you know, it's actually I was reading an article about this and it's called a fissured workplace business model. Uh And while it's not illegal, it often leads to violations of workers rights. So I got this from the article that I read. Uh That's because the most powerful entity at the top of the chain, the one with the greatest ability to ensure lawful conditions, that would be Kim in this instance, points the finger downward when it comes to who's responsible for compliance with workplace laws. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy. They do this all of the time to try and avoid liability, knowing that it's wrong. Does that make sense? Yes, totally.
3: Yeah, I think that... It's definitely a good strategy to try to take the heat off of herself. I mean, I think that's very obvious that that's what she's doing. Um, it's just it's frustrating to me to hear these things because I've I've worked for people that have a lot of money and expect a lot from you and then don't give you breaks or don't feed you mm-hmm. or don't pay you properly. I mean, I worked for like, I guess a I was a celebrity nanny for a bit and I was paid on purpose just below minimum wage. So I couldn't get the benefits that right. I was supposed to get with that Which job. Which is
2: ridiculous when you're working for people who have multi-million dollar homes. Yeah. You know, yeah. like who spend more money on one dress than we make in an entire month. Oh you yeah, know? doing, it's doing laundry even for the children's clothes and
3: seeing the designer label names on them and all this stuff it just like it's so it's so crushing as as a worker in that home where you're like I see how much money you have why can't like and I am working my ass off and that's the thing is that if you are like working in someone's home I feel like there's just like a lot of the rules of business kind of go away sometimes and mm-hmm. they can expect so much of you and add on more responsibilities and do all of these things without there being any sort of like regulated Thing going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or regulated of like is this a is this like a raise in responsibility? Should I be getting a a raise in money for this? All these different things. And it's harder t- to come forward and to speak to your employer when it is a more personal relationship like that because it doesn't
2: feel as much like an employer employee relationship because you're in their home. But you are an employee. And I know that California specifically has very strict rules about how you treat your employees like there are mandated breaks. You can only work six hours and then you are mandated to be able to take a 30 minute lunch break. Are you
3: kidding? I could literally have called in every single nanny family that I've ever worked for. I've never gotten a lunch break ever in any nanny job that I've ever had and I'll work up to I I would work up to like sometimes 15 hours a day I was once at Celebrity House from 7am in the morning until 4.30am the next day yeah
2: No, it's it's disgusting. And, you know, Kim Kardashian has been increasingly involved in civil and human rights activism over the last few years. Yeah. And it would be a real shame if she were to just brush this under the rug when it when it could be an opportunity for her to do some good and advocate for better policies that protect workers rights in general. Yeah. Not just the workers in her house, but workers rights in general, because this kind of these kinds of workplace practices, they affect everybody. Exactly. And but they you trickle know, down.
3: The Kardashian, I guess, like, whatever you want to call it dynasty, especially with Kris Jenner being at the head of it, I feel like there is such a thing where you just pretend that it isn't a problem until it goes away, you know, or there's such a PR spin on it so that it doesn't make them look bad. I just feel like I've never really seen but it any makes- of them take responsibility.
2: It makes him done. look like a hypocrite, though, because like if it does, you're going to say she... like, I want to be a human rights lawyer and like, that's what I want to do. I want right. to fight for social justice causes. And then in your own home, people's rights are being violated, working for you. Then that makes you look like a hypocrite. And now I don't believe a goddamn thing you say. Yeah, it's it's the disgusting privilege of that family, really,
3: where I don't even think she sees it that way. You know, I think that there are people and I mean, again, with the celebrity nanny that I worked for and the the activist movements that she was a part of, and then I would see her come home and treat me and her family terribly. You know, there's there is a place, I think, where people are so lost in their own ideas of who they are and what they represent, that even when it's facing them, that they're not practicing what they preach, they have enough ego to be able to say, oh, but that's not thats not about me. That's not really it. Where I don't even know if she sees that as being her fault. She probably well, buys her own bullshit.
2: I don't know, but it's really gross. And I just hope that it all works out for the workers and their me families too. and that they receive compensation regardless of who gives it to them. If it's Kim Kardashian who gives it to them, then great. Or if it's the employer that they're working through or whoever... Um, whoever their lawyers whoever it is i hope that they get the compensation that they deserve
3: me too they deserve it it's tough it is tough working for a family or in someone's home i really hope that they get the compensation they deserve yeah well that's all i got All right, everybody. Well, we are almost in June, which is coming out month. And so I'm going to remind you all again that we are going to be doing a coming out episode in the last week of June. So please, if you would like to share your stories with us, Send us an email, send us a DM, email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com, direct message us at angryneighborhoodfeminist. Just a reminder, if you want to remain anonymous, we will 100% protect your identity. Don't worry about that. Uh, We just really want to get as much wonderful stories as we can to make a really great episode. Um, And also, if there's any new stories that you want for us to share next week, you can also email us and direct message us about that as well. I kind of went off of my normal spiel, so now I have to think of where I am. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can go ahead and like and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. And if you haven't done so already, we would so greatly appreciate it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. All right, that's all we have for you today. With all of that being said, we encourage
0: you
2: to to rage rage on. on.